Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are on the series Divorce Diaries. And today we have a special guest, Kat D'Onofrio. She is owner of Cat D Wellness. Kat is passionate about guiding women in their 40s to ditch diet mentality and truly live the healthy, balanced lives they deserve. She helps clients rediscover the vibrant, healthy woman hiding beneath that tired, stressed out, emotionally drained uniform that they've been wearing. She is a certified nutrition coach, aspiring herbalist, and master health and wellness coach. Her personal love of yoga led her to becoming a YTT 200 yoga instructor who's also trained in mindfulness-based stress reduction and meditation teaching. She and her husband, Pete, live in Columbus, Ohio with their two fur babies, Pedro and Fly. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with them, being outdoors, hiking, kayaking, as well as traveling around the U.S. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. After reading your bio out loud, I'm like, wow, there's so much juiciness. There's so much goodness in here and so many things that I truly, truly have a deep... (laughs) Yes, it's awesome. I have a deep affection for so many of the things that you are doing and sharing in the world today. So welcome to the show. This episode, as I mentioned, is a series. The intention is really to just host real unfiltered conversations with women who have been through heartbreak and divorce and who have spent time healing through that to create their comeback. So this is really a series of hope, inspiration, tips, and truth to help others on this journey know that their feelings are valid and that there is so much more in this next chapter if you choose it. So thanks for coming on the show today. I guess we'll just start with you sharing as little or as much as you'd like to share around your own personal divorce journey. So when you mentioned this next chapter, so I'm actually married for the third time now. So I've had a couple of divorce chapters (laughs) and each one I learn a little bit more, right? So my first marriage was to, I guess you kind of say a high school sweetheart. I met him my senior year, but he went to a different high school. We dated for five years. We were married for four. We were so young, right? And I was extremely shy and backwards and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. I felt I was one of those young girls who never thought anybody would really want or love me. And when this guy did, I kind of latched onto it and he kind of filled that need I had to have things taken care of that I was afraid of. You know, I didn't, I was afraid of the world essentially. So he took care of so many of those things. And so that made me feel good. It made me feel safe. Yes. But the relationship itself was not a good one. He was very controlling. One of his favorite sayings was Mike plus no equals yes. Wow. <laughs> he used that one often. So not overall a good relationship, but I hung on for a long time. Again, thinking, oh my gosh, if I'm not married to this guy, what will my life be? I mean, I, I'll be on my own. Oh my gosh, that was so scary. I can't do that. I can't do life on my own, right? Until I had just reached a breaking point. And then come to find out that he may have been cheating on me with a coworker. And that was kind of like the final straw. So 
I was the one that actually asked for the divorce. He came pleading back. And, and we had actually probably had one or two times where I would kind of said something and then he promised to change, you know, and I gave him another chance and another chance. And it's fine. It was like, no, this is, this is it. I can't do this. I'm finding that I can do things on my own. I, I started to figure out a little bit of who I really was and it just didn't mesh. So we split up. I was happily single for many years, met my second husband through oddly enough match.com. After about a year, we got married and he was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. You know, he was very sweet, caring and stuff initially. And I noticed that he didn't handle stress very well. And the more stressful life got, the more, and the older he got, the more verbally aggressive he got. And then there was one time he actually put his hands on me and we were both drunk at the time. So I actually had called my brother to pick me up. And I went to my mom's that night, came back the next day. I told him, you ever do something like that again, that's it, we're done. Well, it was like another year, year and a half and things were really bad anyway. And I had told my mom, I was thinking about asking for a divorce and had another episode where he put his hands on me again. And it was like, that's it. I'm done. And when I told him I wanted the divorce, and and one of the things I said was, I told you, you ever put your hands on me again. This is it. And when I knew it was the right decision to ask for the divorce was when I told him I wanted the divorce. His first response was, I'm not getting divorced. I've been divorced. I don't want to be divorced again. Ah. And that was all about him, right? That wasn't anything about me. It wasn't anything about his love for me. It was him not wanting to be a divorced man again. Yeah. Why would I want to stay in that relationship? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, okay, we are done. And I thought I was done with marriage. You know, it's like two strikes. I figured I was out. You know, it's like, maybe I'm not meant for marriage. I knew knew long ago I wasn't meant for kids. So maybe marriage wasn't my thing either. Mm. And then I met my current husband. And, you know, I was just looking for a good relationship. We ended up living together. I was quite happy with it just being like that and could have gone on happily like that forever, probably. But then on my 50th birthday, he proposed and I said, yes. So there is life after divorce. There is potential happiness again after divorce. So thank you so much for sharing. We haven't had anybody in the series yet go through multiples. And I think that that's a really, really important part of the story because every divorce story is very unique. And there are hundreds and thousands of people out there who go through a series of divorces. It's not uncommon. It doesn't make you a more or less of a person. And right. right? And so, and I love what you said about round three, maybe marriage just isn't for me and kind of subscribing to that and then realizing like, okay, I'm just going to go through life as me and what I need. And lo and behold, you found round three. And it was kind of like, Without really looking, that's how I found my also now partner. I kind of had written off relationships in general and Mm -hmm. not like anti-relationship, not like I'm never dating again. I'm not even looking at men anymore. Like I'm just like, not like that, just very focused internally and not in a selfish way, but in a healthily inward way to go. I'm going to release all the things that I thought that I needed to be and needed to do. And I'm just going to do me and whatever is attracted to this version of me, that's fine for me. 
it brought in great friendships, great, great friendships all around. And then inevitably it brought me to love again without really efforting outwards, just efforting inwards. So thank you for sharing all of the trail of of pieces that you've been through. Were there any things when you kind of went through the different phases of divorce that were kind of running through your mind at first? I know each scenario is different, but what are some of the things that your busy brain was saying to you? There was, especially after the first time, you know, there was that whole, oh my gosh, am I going to spend the rest of my life alone? Yes. And and that just, that seemed like a horrible thing at the time. Although I have girlfriends who have never been married. And if you ask them, would they say, would they have liked to have found that person and gotten married? Sure. But they've made very nice lives for themselves. So, you know, I've had some good role models on both sides, but there was a lot of that. Oh my gosh, am I going to have to do this all by myself? I have, I come from a small family. My dad died when I was very young, when I was 19. And, you know, since then, my mom and my brother both passed. So I really just have a sister left as far as family in this entire country. And it's just like, you know, not really having a sense of like family and stuff was like a big thing for me because, you know, I've always kind of like adopted my husband's families as my own because I don't have a large family of my own. And realizing, well, if I don't have a husband, then I essentially don't have a family. That was a huge like sense of, where do I belong? And what happens to me when I get old? Who's going to take care of me? <laughs> You're bringing up really real things that, again, we haven't talked about yet that I think are so important. So because you were so young and it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Did you ever feel like though, even though it was kind of like you got out of high school and then you got married pretty quickly, did you ever have the thoughts of, I had the thought of, oh my gosh, well, it's too late for me. Like, I'm 31. I guess that's it. You know, 31. Like, are you kidding me? I can only imagine. Did you ever have those thoughts like in your younger years? Like, oh, probably that's too late now or this is going to be too much work, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And and having like, like I didn't have the, the typical, you know, high school and then you go to college and you have all your fun in college. You know, I didn't have any of those experiences. I mean, pretty much my ex-husband, like, like he was my first and only up until that point. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was just like, oh my gosh, I, I never really dated. I, Cause like I said, I met him my senior year in high school and we had been together ever since. It's like, how do you even do? I don't even know how to do that. You know, it's just all this crazy stuff that, you know, I thought I didn't never had a word would have to worry about. Yeah. For sure. And suddenly I had to get out there and I had to make friends because I didn't really have a lot of friends because he didn't let me have a lot of friends. You know, it's just, oh yeah, there was so much. Let's talk about that a little bit because I think I know so many women in that situation of uh, friend finding. How did Mm -hmm. you find friends again? How did you put yourself out there again? How did you even convince yourself that it was possible for you to do that? So the way it worked out, it was kind of a unique situation in that so my ex-husband was super good friends with a guy from work who happened to live like a block and a half from us. And he had met this girl when he was visiting his brother in Houston, Texas. They hit it off. She ended up moving to Columbus for him. Well, right about the time we, and the four of us hung out a lot together. So right about the time that we were having problems, they split up. You know, she was working in Columbus at that point and everything. And 
um, needed a place to stay. So my ex and I, we had an extra bedroom. So it's like, well, you can come stay in our extra bedroom. So she was in an extra bedroom. She and I started hanging out and stuff. And then when my ex moved out and I was quote unquote single, you know, she and I just started going out and doing things. So I had at least that one person initially who was now also newly single again. She had a friend from work or two that, you know, we I started hanging out with. And so started just kind of building my community from that start, from that one person and building out from there. And then I joined Columbus Ski Club, which really, there's skiing as, as a big part of it, but it really should be Columbus Ski and Social Club because they have like clubs for everything. They've got all kinds of social events that they early say, I don't know, it's been a long time since I've been in it, but they a lot of social things they do. They had a summer softball league and I joined that. So I met people through that. And yeah, and just, and for someone who like me, who's an extreme introvert, that took a lot to get out there and do that. But I got just so lucky in meeting people doing that, that were just very receptive and open and just very inclusive of, you know, including me in things and, you know, inviting me to stuff. So I built, I mean, some of, a couple of my closest friends today are people at, that I met during that period of time. I love this so much. It's join things, get involved, get Absolutely. out of your house, like get out of that isolation because there were two options for you, right? There mm-hmm. was the one option that the story of, I'm not even a story, but I'm an introvert. I'm extremely shy. My husband was in charge of all that kind of thing. And I just kind of tagged along and it was easier for me that way. I've heard this story so many more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh my gosh, who's going to do that for me? Again, like a lot of this comes back to outsourcing so much of ourselves to other people. And unknowingly, like I'm sure for you, it was unconsciously, unknowingly until Mm -hmm. you wake up and you realize that that's what was going on. Absolutely. It just, it felt normal. It it just, that's it life was right that's it and 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 in society kind of at least taught me growing up like this is how it's supposed to be like just don't worry about it you're gonna have a buddy for life you're good to go and you'll kind of compensate for one another as you go right we're not like told to kind of figure it all out with ourselves first and then attract what is attracted to that version of us um but i i think getting out and getting involved is huge and whether that is volunteering somewhere or finding a club, even if you don't know how to ski, go there, meet the people, take the lessons. It's like, and I didn't know how to ski. I still don't know how to ski. (laughs) I've been skiing twice and I decided I didn't like it, but there was so much else to do. So that was Yes. Yes. You don't know until you don't know. I think curiosity is a huge part of healing yourself through divorce. And a lot of people are, that I work with are like, I just, I don't know how to find myself. I don't even know what I want. Okay. The first thing to do is try everything. Yes. Get out there and try everything and see what you like and see what you don't like. Don't put a cap on anything until you've given it a go. I, I went to a ton of different meetups and guess what, Kat? There were lots of them that were not for me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And there were a handful of them that were for me. And then there were a handful of people within those things that were for me or even one person in there that was for me. And that one person right. led me to something else and something else. And so Thank you for sharing that part of it. I think it's really, really important, especially for those of us that feel like we're introverts, that feel like we can't do that. It just, that's just a story that is holding you back from making progress. So like, get out there. Absolutely. Well, you know how it is as women, we tend anyway to be so focused on taking care of everyone and everything else. Yeah. 
And especially that once you're married, you're fo- very focused on your family. You're focused, if you do have kids, you're focused on your kids. And whether whether you end up divorced or not, you reach a point in your life, especially once you hit like 40s and 50s, the kids are grown up and they don't need you so much anymore. And then you're like, well, who am I? What do I do yes. with myself? Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether divorced or not, whatever, it's so important to focus time on yourself, on what it is that you enjoy, what lights you up. You've got to take that time because if you make yourself happier, who knows? Maybe part of the reason why some of us end up divorced is because we're so focused on somebody else that we don't even know how or what makes us happy. So take that time to take care of yourself, to do things that you enjoy. Like you said, get out there, join clubs, volunteer, you know, whatever interests you. Or something that might interest you, give it a try. What's the worst that can happen, right? Absolutely. What you're describing is what I call the significant other syndrome where Mm -hmm. we get so tied to the identity of being a significant other that that becomes our significance. And it's the same thing you're describing in motherhood and parenthood and parenthood where it's like my identity is so deeply ingrained in my children that when they begin to distance in whatever way they begin to distance, I go, who am I? What do I like? What do I want? You're right. It happens in in many different phases of life. So that self-discovery is super, super important. What are some of the top things that divorce revealed to you or taught you or showed you? Well, one of the things is not to rely so much on other people for my own happiness, because that's absolutely what I did. I, I totally threw myself into not quite as much into my second. I, I feel like I've learned a little bit more each time. You know, it took me three times. Some of us are slow learners, right? Um, but in particular, the first one that I was so much ingrained into doing what he wanted, making him happy, all of that. And it's just, I thought that by doing that, that's would make me happy too. And all I became was resentful and angry. And, but then when the marriage first ended, you know, it was figuring out what is it that I do enjoy? What, who am I? Because I had to figure those things out at 29 years old where I should have been figuring that out all along. Right. But that's okay. It's, it's, you know, that kind of growth is really a lifetime of learning. We're constantly learning and evolving who we are, what we want out of life, all of that. So, you know, had a little stumble there in the beginning, but I figured it out. So that was probably one of the, the biggest things. And then just to focus a little bit more on my own needs and wants and desires and a little bit more about being myself, you know. So we always hear oh, you know, don't try so hard to find someone. It's when you're not looking that you'll find it. You know, you'll find that perfect person. And, you know, like you kind of made that comment about, you know, you just were focusing on yourself and being whoever you really were and what whoever was attracted to that is who was going to stick. Well, that's was my problem is that I was never myself in my first two marriages. I molded myself to yeah. be accepted by my significant others. Well, if you can't spend your whole life not being yourself, right? We tell ourselves we can, or we tell us ourselves it's the right thing to do, but why? <laughs> why? Why do we do that to ourselves? 
And so it was kind of like after that second marriage in particular that I just said, you know what? I am just going to be me. I'm just going to enjoy my life. If I meet someone, great. If not, I'll probably never get married again. And that's fine too. And I just started working on myself, figuring out even more who I was and what I wanted and needed. And then I met this guy and it's like, yeah, he's really cute. He's really sweet. He's funny. He's, you know, all these things. And I think I can hang out with him for a while. And, you know, three years of dating and eight years, almost eight years now of marriage. And, you know, it's working out really well. But the biggest thing about it is he accepts me for who I am, flaws and all. I accept yes. him for who he is, flaws and all. And I can have my own life. Like, yeah, I go, I go away on trips with girlfriends. Yes. Don't have to, I could never have done that with my first two husbands. That just was not acceptable. And he goes golf weekends or whatever, you know, with his friends or his brothers or, you know, and it's totally fine. Neither one of us cares. It's like, go, I kind of like every once in a while having the house to myself, you know, Yes. here too. And it's just, you know, it just, it works. It clicks because neither one of us are putting on a pretense for the other. Neither one of us are trying to shape ourselves to make the other one happy. It's just, this is who I am. If you're happy with me, great. I love this idea of um, my brain was just like, you know, if anybody listening to this, which I know that there are folks who are happily married or married in listening to this, if you're not sure if you know who you are fully, ask your partner to go on a vacation without you. Ask them to go and you stay and you reflect on how you're feeling when they're Mm -hmm. gone and you reflect on who you're being while they're gone and you reflect on how you're spending your time and using your energy or do you feel lost? I remember for the first time after my divorce, moving into my own space, I felt lost AF. I was like, I don't know what to do today. I didn't know if I should go grocery shopping or go for a walk or I realized, shit, I don't really have a lot of hobbies. All of them were his and I just tagged along. Who in the world am I? What do I even like? So I think for anybody listening, give yourself a chance to be in that space and place by yourself and see how it feels. I had a friend say to me, who do you become in the space when you're alone? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so important. And oh, and she said, do you like who you're with when you're alone? Because you're with yourself. That's, yeah, that's pretty deep, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, a lot of us don't focus on ourselves a lot. And when we have to spend time with ourselves, it's just, it can feel very lonely. It can feel very sad. It can bring up all kinds of emotions. So they really can. What kinds of things would have been helpful to be connected to or to have support with when you were going through your divorces? So for me, one of the, especially the after, again, after the first divorce and even a little bit after the second, it's really only been in the last 10, 15 years that like the whole idea of like self-development and self-reflection and those kinds of things. I mean, I, those things weren't all that well talked about or thought about back in the day. I date myself a little bit because yes, I am old, but, you know, having more resources around that kind of thing, like, you know, there's, there's so many like self-help books and programs and, and groups and all kinds of things now around that. And people are much more focused overall around personal development um, that I think it's a lot easier to delve into those areas 
where it wasn't at all back in late 80s, early 90s. And that, that would have been helpful because you, you, we just kind of went blindly around trying to figure out like, what should I do next, who, who, you know. And thankfully, again, too, I had a really great mom who, first of all, I think she knew before I did that I wasn't meant for kids. So she was never that mom who's like, when are you going to give me a grandkid? I never heard that out of her mouth. So that pressure was off where, you know, I feel for a lot of women who have that because that's yeah. really difficult, you know, either going back to a bad old relationship or into a new bad relationship because they get so much pressure from their families about, well, you should be married and you should have kids. And and I never had those pressures. So I'm thankful. Thank you, mom, for not doing that to me, not putting that additional pressure because um, there was enough on myself and from the rest of society about you know, being a single woman in her late twenties, early thirties. And, you know, when everybody around you is having their kids and. It's real. It's real. I mean, gosh, I remember going through my twenties and I was at, at that time, I was still the last one pretty much in my friend group to get married. And I thought, man, I am really behind here in my mid twenties getting married. Are you kidding me? Cause all my friends were like, the year they got out of college, they got married. And the year after that, they started having kids and, you know, and do, 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 do. And I was kind of like, I was supposed to do, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons why I think my marriage uh, didn't make it was because I really pretty much put the heat on my partner. Like, are we going to hurt? Are we going to get married anytime soon? Like, we're the last ones. And he was already a year behind me in school. So he just, I know he felt so much pressure to, like hurry up and do it or I'm leaving type of a thing. And the ultimatums, mm -hmm. they just don't cut it. They just don't work. Yeah, it doesn't feel good to anybody. But on the flip side of that, when you pop out of divorce, those urgencies and expectations of people outside of you, you have to be so careful to filter them out. It can just be so much noise when, like you said, you already have enough pressure. You already have enough noise in your own busy brain that the sound waves outside of yourself we need to make sure we're taking measures to quiet those things down as much as possible to put boundaries in place, to yeah. take time out, to take time for self, health and wellness, which I know you're a guru in. Are there any things in your world, in your realm, in your work that, that you do that you found to be really helpful for folks going, just navigating stress in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, stress is huge for all of us, right? And we tend to wear our levels of stress as almost like a badge of honor. Like, I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. And it's like, somehow that makes you, I don't know, important for lack of a better word, or like, like your life is meaningful because you're, you have so much stress and so many activities on your calendar. I don't know. It just creates health issues that we don't even realize until it's too late. You know, 80 per, honestly, 80% of the different diseases and medical conditions that we face as we age can be directly attributed to stress in our lives. Mm. And, I, and I wish people understood that more. And that's one of the things that I focus a lot of time on. I focus a lot of attention on with my clients. Um, I consider stress management one of the four pillars of wellness that are is kind of the foundation of how I work with clients and how mm. I kind of focus my own lifestyle around. So really it's taking the time to step back and recognize 
the stressors in my life, finding the right self-care practices to address those stressors. So things like meditation have been huge for me. And it's something that, you know, you don't need any money. You don't need a lot of time. You know, if you have an hour to sit and meditate, great, good for you. But most of us don't. But, you know, as little as five minutes can do a world of good to just set aside that time. So, yeah, it's finding those self-care practices. It's getting in touch with the things that you enjoy. Mm. And making time for those things. So it's, you know, looking at how you're spending your days. And almost doing like a time audit of your life and like, mm. how do, where is that I'm spending my time? Are these activities that are consuming my time, are they moving the needle forward on where I want to be in my life? Are they things that I, you know, we all think everything on our calendar we have to do, right? Yeah. But taking an honest look at, are these all things I, I really have to take care of? Are some of these things that I simply need to put boundaries around and say no? Mm-hmm. Are some of these things, things that I can delegate to somebody else? And then, okay, here's the list of things that I really need to do. And so part of that needs to include self-care. And again, yes. like I said, some days it may be five minutes. Other days you may have a couple of hours. But, you know, and self-care can look like so many different things. It can be mm-hmm. things like meditation. It could be things like yoga, which I love to do, which I consider yoga a meditation practice personally, because I get as much out of it mentally and emotionally, as I do physically when I'm doing a yoga practice. It can be going out and volunteering. I mean, that's a wonderful way to practice self-care because you feel good about doing something for somebody else and it makes somebody else feel good to be receiving some sort of help that they need. So it's a win-win in those situations. This is so helpful because if we choose self-care over stress, it can drastically change things for us. I know that when I was going through divorce, I didn't realize this until after I desperately needed to make changes. But when I realized that what I was focusing on expands, it it changed my life. I tell people so often that I'm obsessed with joy. Like I'm addicted to it. I'm obsessed with it because I thought I had totally lost it. I thought it was completely removed from my life and unavailable. And then I woke up one day and I just heard a voice that was like, go find your joy. And I was like, what? And it just wouldn't stop. And so I put on my Mm -hmm. tennis shoes, headed out the door and just started looking for it. And the more I looked for it, I call it a practice of joy spotting. And the more that I looked for it, it expanded. So whether it's the intention behind feeling peace or calm or strength or love or gratitude or whatever it is that you want to expand in your life, if we can pour the same amount of energy that we were pouring into our stress levels in Mm -hmm. a different direction of self-care, I always tell my clients, like, imagine what is possible for you when you make the shift. Imagine what is possible for you when that bucket of energy is dumped into something, into a different bucket. And it's overflowing. Yeah, seriously, that. Can, you, can you imagine what that could look like? Ah, like what is available for me? And it really is so much more. And that's what we're talking about today is the you know opportunities that are on the other side in your next chapter of divorce. 
There's a lot of women who ask me, tell me that they are just one of the biggest hurdles is how to trust again. And sometimes that is trusting themselves and sometimes that is trusting others. Did you face this battle of trust within self or with others uh, navigating divorce? Oh my gosh, yes, for sure. So again, like I said, my first husband, you know, I found out was cheating on me. So yeah, that caused some some definite trust issues. And, and there were some things that had happened throughout the marriage that made me question things throughout. So I exited that relationship with some some definite trust issues and just worries that, you know, would there ever be anybody who would like really stay in my life and really love me for me and, and all of those things. But then, yeah, the, the trusting myself for sure, because, you know, you get in these relationships and, you know, you think you're making the right decision, you think you're finding a good person and then, you know, things don't turn out so well. And then you start questioning, well, like, why didn't I see that? Why, you know, why do I keep finding these guys that turn out to be jerks or, you know, you know, maybe I I should just like not even date because I'm not finding all these great guys that, you know, I you know, think you know, it's my, some of my friends are finding and how are, how are they finding all these great guys? And I'm just, you know, finding these guys that you know, we didn't have the term again, back when I was dating necessarily, but, you know, I had plenty of guys that ghosted me and, 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 you know, we, we had different terms for it then, but, you know, it's like, what the heck, what's, what's wrong with me? Why, why, why can't I have this great stable relationship? And so you, you do, you start, you start wondering what's wrong with you. Ah, it became, it becomes like a personal attack. Like I must have a bad picker. I must, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. is that like, what am I not seeing? But how did you rebuild that trust bank within yourself? Because you are remarried and, you know, and feeling good in life. Like, how do you, how'd you rebuild that? You know, it's hard to like pinpoint anything in particular, but I think part of it was the work that I started forcing myself to do on myself and figuring out like, who it is I really am understanding about how I work, how I think and regaining, I shouldn't even say regaining because I'm not sure I ever, even as a child was all that confident in myself. I, I feel like I've always, I spent my most of my life having a lack of self-confidence. And I think as I just worked on my own self-confidence and surrounding myself with other people and a lot of it was even just hanging out with a lot of girlfriends that just had more self-confidence themselves. They helped instill it in me. You know, they helped like reinforce that I was actually a pretty cool person and, you know, I was worth being friends with and, you know, and then that just kind of translated to other relationships as well. So, you know, it really did, I think, probably start with finally being able to build some good, solid girlfriend relationships. Mm. And then that translated to, to other more like romantic relationships with other men and stuff. And, and again, I, you know, I managed to have a second marriage that didn't work out either. And it wasn't until that I just decided I wasn't even going to focus on wanting to be married or, you know, I just, after the second time, it's like, I'm just going to go out and have fun. 
meet people and see what happens. And that's when it just clicked. I love the concept of surrounding yourself with people who demonstrate the attributes that you desire. Mm-hmm. Because what I've realized, I've, I've, I also do the same thing, but I've been very careful not to have that be a codependent relationship where that friendship now fills that void, but rather realizing that when I have that around me, it pulls that up and out of me and is becomes a reflection when I trust those people and I value those people and I'm willing to be vulnerable with people and they can be themselves. It gives me permission to do the same and go, oh my gosh, if she is exuding that kind of confidence or that kind of clarity or that kind of strength or name any other adjective, right? Mm -hmm. Attribute. That is actually just a reflection of what is possible for me to demonstrate. And yeah, absolutely. I so I love that. I love that answer so much that you you put yourself in circles of people who you wanted to uh, extract that out of you and reflect yeah. that what that which was already within you was reflected um, right in front of you through your friend groups. Right. So yeah, cool. and I I started getting a little bit selfish in <laughs> that if I was hanging out with somebody that wasn't bringing out the best of me necessarily, I just told myself, well. Why am I in this relationship? Why why do I want to be around this person? And yeah. and I would just simply start distancing myself from that. Yes. When you know yourself better and you hire your elevate the standards for yourself, you elevate the standards for the relationships that you are willing to be in and the things that you're willing to tolerate around yes. you. And that's that so, so important rather than just settling to fit in, you elevate mm-hmm. to the state of, I already belong within myself. So anyone who's a, who is attracted to this self is a part of my human experience, which is right. just totally different outlook. It's totally is. Yes. So I know you mentioned there weren't a lot of things available kind of out in the world. And, and I know this feeling because I scoured the aisles of Barnes and Noble when I went through my divorce and there was nothing that was just like how to heal through divorce. Like nothing was out there. I couldn't find it. And I right. went every weekend looking for it. Okay. There are manuals and not manuals, but like uh, literature now that that is out that are out there. There's literature on almost everything in the world now. So But what about, was there anything that you read or took in or saw or did either then or even now that you would suggest to somebody who's trying to create their comeback through divorce? Like maybe try reading this or listening to this. You know, it's not the end all be all, but this this might make you feel a little bit different. Right. You know, I, I feel like it's like a culmination of things. I'm, I've become somewhat of a lifelong learner and I'm always like, researching this or reading that or just trying to like pull in more and more information. But a couple of like books that I read that that really have kind of stuck with me are one called The Four Agreements. And then one that I'm actually going through right now, which is called The Artist's Way. And The Artist's Way, it's it's been an interesting read. I don't know if you've heard of it or read, read it. I had heard of it, but immediately just from the name artist's way, it's like, well, I'm not an artist. Why, yeah. you know, why would you read that? But it's really just about bringing out whatever inner creativity you have in you. And it doesn't even have to be from 
like the traditional, what we think of as artsy, like being able to draw or paint or, you know, anything like that. I mean, it's just being more creative about how you live your life and what that looks like and, you know, feels like for you individually. And it's, you know, doing things like taking yourself once a week on an artist date. And all that simply really is, and I translate that to really, it's just self-care. It's like taking some time once a week to take yourself out and do something that you enjoy. Yes. And for me, that one day, that was simply going to the Park of Roses in Clintonville when the roses were blooming beautifully and just going, walking through and admiring the beauty Mm. of the park. You know, and so it's just, yeah, doing those little things for yourself. And again, that goes back to focusing on ourselves, not on everybody else all the time. And what brings us joy, as you are always in search of, right? And and what makes us happy. And maybe trying something new that you think might make you happy and you're not sure. Go do it. Take that time periodically. That sounds like an amazing book. Both of those. We'll make sure we drop those in the show notes for sure. I'm always up for a good new read for sure, for sure. A couple more questions here. What did your newly divorced self need to hear most back then? I think one of the things I needed to hear was that I'm more capable than I give myself credit for. Because again, especially the first time being on my own for the first time, and having to navigate things that I never had to navigate on my own before and being scared to death to do them. And it's like, you can do this. You got this. Yes. It's one of the things. And just the fact that there's like a whole world out there of people and places and experiences. And when you're in that marriage, a lot of times it's like you have blinders on and you only see this little bubble that you live within. Mm -hmm. And that bubble may not always feel great and it it may not feel like a great fit, but you're so afraid that there's nothing else either for you. But, oh my God, there's so much. It's really overwhelming if you take the time to step back and just open your eyes and look around and, and don't narrow yourself. And don't don't listen so much to what everybody else thinks you should do because everybody's going to have their opinions. Mm-hmm. They sure are. <laughs> um, but try to listen to your own heart. Try to listen to your own intuition because it, it knows where you need to go. I love that. You are so capable and there is so much available to you, right? Yes. Oh, how beautiful is that? I love that all the hindsight stuff too, that, uh, you know, so many of our listeners are going through the things that we've been through to, so to hear the voice in hindsight, and then to even those of you listening right now, ask yourself, what do I need most right now? Maybe I need safety. Maybe I need to remind myself, like you are safe. You are safe. You are safe. You know, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved, whatever it is, but you know, you are capable. You are capable. You are valuable. Um, whatever it is, ask yourself that question on a daily basis. It's important for all of us to ask ourselves on a regular basis. What do you need to hear today? What do you yeah. need most today? So exactly. I love that. And, and reach out for it and ask for help and do whatever you can to find your tribe. Because yeah. yeah, that's in some cases might be on many days what you need the most is just knowing. And that was, a, 
again, going back to, you know, what were one of the things that I needed that I didn't have, it was just having a community of other women. Yes. That were going through similar situations who had experience, who had their own advice or just there to lend an ear when, you know, the days it sucked and I just wanted to vent. <laughs> no doubt. I did have close friends and family members who loved me, but I didn't have a divorce support group at the time. And it's like the number one reason why I created the Comeback Community, which is the the group that I support because that community piece, it will change your life if you let it. It really, really will. Absolutely. So I, yes. I love that you it said that. It makes it so much easier. <laughs> it really does. It really, really does. In a in a, a part of your journey that feels so difficult so many days, like find something that lets lets it feel easy just for a little bit, just for a little moment. To be oh, yes, absolutely. Realized. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, I can't believe how fast our time has flown, but... How can our listeners get more of you in their life? Because I know they're going to want to. How can they find you? How can they get connected to you? Oh, shucks. Um, <laughs> see, now here's that here's that lack of self-confidence side of me going, what does, why would anybody want to hang out with me? You know, it's still in there. Sure. I, I've come a long way, but it's still like lurking a little bit. So yeah, so I I do have actually a Facebook group that if folks want to join, I share all sorts of information and sometimes just a little bit of laughter around the areas of self-care. And, you know, again, I, I, I focus on what I call the four pillars of nutrition and movement, stress management and sleep. So there's lots and lots of information that gets shared about those areas in my Facebook group. And, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to probably like put a little pause in here because I suddenly cannot remember the name of my own Facebook group. <laughs> Balance living for a healthy, for a vibrant, healthy life. vibrant life. Thank you. Balance <laughs> living for a healthy, vibrant life. Yes, that is a Facebook group. So folks can certainly follow me there. Join the group. Be happy to have you. I do uh, actual coaching. I do one-on-one coaching with folks. So if you're looking for a little bit more intense support around those four pillars of of wellness to to help you in your own wellness journey, whatever that may look like, I meet you where you are and help um, guide you to where you want to be. So you can find me on my um, website, which is catdwellness.com. And you can, you know, book just an initial free consultation to just chat with me, get to know me a little bit, allow me to get to know you a little bit and see, you know, if working together might, might be a good fit. So those are really the two primary ways. And then I'm starting to plan out some retreats. So there'll be more information coming on some of those over the next coming weeks and months. So... Great. And we're going to put all that in the show notes so folks can easily click on things and find you and get connected to you and reach out. So that is wonderful. I have two quick closing questions that I ask all of my guests on all of my shows. So humor me for a minute here. Uh, The first one is, what is one thing that you love about you? I think one of the things I love about me is my empathy. So uh, yeah, I just... It doesn't matter the person or the circumstance. 
I feel like I could put myself in their shoes mm. or at least try to to put myself in their shoes and, and feel and understand where they're coming from and be able to try to support them however and wherever I can. And I guess maybe that's what makes me a good coach. Absolutely. That's a great trait to have um, and appreciate about and love about yourself. And the second question, the last question is, what does joy feel like in your body? Joy to me feels like a freedom of just time and space. My favorite place to be is outside. Preferably it can be around water or in the woods, but just being around nature and being able to take it all in, the sights, the sounds, the smells, particularly if I don't have a particular agenda or schedule around it. And I can just be free to do what I feel like doing in the moment. That, yes. That's Ooh, you're, you're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. I feel all of that. Well, thank you so, so much for your time, your energy, your gifts and your greatness, Kat. I'm just Absolutely. So, so glad that you were able to join us here on the podcast today. I had a great time chatting with you. Awesome. And to all of our listeners, remember you are safe. You are loved. You are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.